Do you want to run a fun and engaging and exciting heist in Dungeons and Dragons? No. What's wrong with you? Stick around for today's topic. Here's to crime, a guide to capers and heists, and I am super excited for this. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, my show up. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Today, we are about to dive into one, in, in my opinion, one of the uh, fun aspects of playing a rogue that 5th edition doesn't cover very well. Um, and of course, that means somebody else had to fix it. <laughs> Or at least write some uh, details. We all know films and shows like Ocean's Eleven, Mission Impossible, and Leverage make capers incredibly entertaining to watch. But we know that it can be difficult to capture that same excitement at the gaming table. Well, yep, playing some sessions can develop into a tedium at times, and the capers itself can feel like a just a regular dungeon crawl without really any twists or surprises yep well here's the crime a guide to capers and heists helps you to evoke the energy and mood of our favorite heists and capers by breaking it into four possible approaches over three different phases and i'm excited to talk about this today as i said this is an absolute amazing product and is something that everyone in their mother who wants to uh, run a successful uh, fifth edition caper needs to uh, really delve into. And it's also worth thinking too, like the whole document's only like what six pages. Yes. So. All right, so let's scroll through this bad boy here and take a look. Um, this is the best six-page supplement I've ever ever had. It's on the list. It is on the list. So, um, uh, Brandon, do you want to tell? As I mentioned, it's broken across uh, three <laughs> phases. Brandon, do you want to tell us about phase one? Phase one is the plan. Uh, players choose from a collection of approaches that will form the base of their caper. Uh, once the base is set, the party preps their approach. The supplement guides the characters through planning and the creation of their scheme. Uh, this makes it specific enough to influence the narrative, but leaves it open to surprises. Now, without going into too many details, the main capers it focuses on are hit jobs. Well, f- killing somebody, basically. Con jobs, lying into something to trick somebody. Heist. Well, stealing, and work the mark, and manipulate somebody socially. <laughs> I like and the I, description for hit job. Accomplish the goal of violence. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dalsinia says, I like to go the way of Elder Scrolls Root, which no one dies on a caper. They're thieves, not assassins. And that's a really good approach, I think. Especially when you're playing heroic characters, right? Although I'm totally one of those guys who's often like, Nobody can sound the alarm if no one's alive. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let, let's talk about some of these because we're going to um, so it, it, they get us some really great uh, details to kind of go through here um, when referencing uh, each of these different options. Now, obviously, you can expand on these if you want. Um, and that's, you know, going to be your prerogative because you might have some good additions to it. Um, but here we talk about the hit. Uh, it talks about the hit job, which is. Um, they ha- you have to basically tell them that um, you have them tell you the target and where they want to ambush to happen. So let's say their job is to assassinate a noble, right? You put it in the player's hands. Where do you want to do this? Well, they're going to have to figure out where the best place is, right? How do you think they're going to go about that? That entirely for depends. A, for a noble? Yeah, let's we're, we'll use a noble because that's the most common snooty a hole that needs a, a a good you know hit job, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sure. So what are what are some ways as player characters you would come up? Because if as the DM, it's my job to say, tell me where this is going to go down. Where are you hitting them? Huh. You, you can always bribe like the noble scribe or something like that to figure out what his uh, destination schedule is going to be. Okay. Figure out where he's going to be going. Where they're going to be heading. Or you could bribe off some guards and take their 
armor, pretend to be a guard. Okay, so you're t- you're talking about hitting them in their home base, right, or in their house, right? Either at home or on their way to some like thing. Let's use something that we used in the past in the past game. We know that the noble is going to be throwing a party. Okay. Which is going to be a relatively public event with other people, well, more people than usual going to... Social aspects of the player's features. I'm thinking disguise kit, forgery kit, yeah. all those things come into play there. And by asking the DM, hey, or by the DM asking the players, you're forcing them to do a few things. They got to now do reconnaissance, right? Mm-hmm. They have to know, okay, we're going to hit them at the masquerade. When is it? What time is it? What guards are there? Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and that kind of expands that that option because now it becomes how are you going to do it we know we know the goal is to take them out but you you got us you're basically asking them to solve their own problem and build their own adventure which honestly makes my job easier as the dm right Ooh, if it's a masquerade if everybody's wearing a mask they I'm may not be thinking. having their face on display in the public so you don't know who it is even though they're in plain sight <laughs> Ooh, and if they're used to, if they're like a mob boss, they might be used to this sort of shit, so maybe they have a doppelganger. Yep. Not the actual monster. Though they could have the actual monster, who is a stand-in for those same things. And if the players don't take the right precautions, or they roll wrong on the, the information gathering, they may assassinate the wrong target and now have a new enemy. Yep. Oh. Uh, Dalcinia says, in my home game, the mob added an item, uh, an item a certain noble really wanted to an auction house to guarantee his attendance. Once there, he didn't make it out to collect his new item. See, that's another <laughs> strategy. You're luring him to a location that you want to do the hit job. Hey, come here. I got some good All right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a look here at the next one for the first planning phase, which is the con job. Con so job. if the caper is a con job, what is the method of deception? You want to broadly know what they're lying about, but not every single detail on the con. So a couple examples are, uh, we want her to think I am her long lost uncle is a perfect amount of detail. It gives you a lot to work with. I am going to pose as their bodyguard is another great example. You don't need to know how they are deceiving yet. Just what the core lie to the con is, right? <laughs> I'm a great lost aunt, and I've been put in jail. I Nigerian <laughs> prince, on <why not? laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> So, what are what are some other con jobs we can we can All talk right. about? So, I like the general thought. Okay, the job is um, Dalcinia just said about job is to swap out something that's real for something that's fake at a. Um, well, no, that would probably fall more under heist, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what's another uh, good con job? You trying to sell them an art piece that has a sending stone inside it. Ooh, so you're trying to leave something to track them. That's like a reverse heist. Yeah. <laughs> Here's why you should buy our piece, sir. Our very valuable piece. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Uh, trying con, to sell them something. Con, uh, sell, pretty much selling something, somebody, selling something that somebody is not worth as much as you're saying it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's I would say a really good con job that uh players could do that at least in mine is conning a dragon out of something in their hoard for something that's not as valuable. Like here's a good example. I got this rock for sale. This rock is ten dollars. Do you want what's so special about it? What? It keeps tigers away. Keeps tigers away? Yeah. No way. Do you see any tigers around? Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> there you go. It's a rock for 10 So, but what's the benefit? Why, you're trying to get them for that, but why? Because uh, there needs to be a goal right behind the con. Yep. To get money. That's what so, you're just, you're just selling pet rocks, basically. Yeah, that, that's what a con <laughs> is Which is the okay. ultimate con. Congratulations yeah. to that guy. It's a weather rock. How's that work? Well, <laughs> when it's wet, it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, uh, 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 says, fun fact, in Thieves' Cant, a penny waiter is a thief who specializes and replaces expensive artifacts with cheap copies without getting caught. I think that's a great segue into the heist. I'm less experienced with the con job, so that's certainly something I think I want to delve into a little more uh, at some point. That's awesome. What? The uh, and Andrews. Let's idea. click it right here. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Did I do that work? Okay. So it says the uh, Andrew says a fun con job selling the druid wild shaped as a 
Is this my own player tip back at me? Probably. <laughs> I think we've covered this. Selling <laughs> selling the druid wild-shaped as a horse, then the druid sneaks away at night and the party repeats it in each town for extra gold. I'm pretty sure that was a player tip. I'm pretty sure that's a player tip. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to uh, sell a cold item than a hot one after all. Absolutely. All right. So then, uh, uh, Brandon, uh, do you want to tell us about heists? Oh, the heist and the method is... If the method is a heist, you want to know where they're sneaking in and when. Uh, players will be tempted to spend 40 minutes arguing about it. The, if the east window or the west window is better, don't let them in. Or don't let them. Okay. We're hitting the wizard's tower while everyone is distracted by the tournament. Or we're entering the archives through the sewers. Now, heist, this is a... Ocean's Eleven is the perfect example of heisting. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's, let's or dragon heist if you played it. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about that then. So, um, the heist is something that I really, really like because, and let's use the example we just talked about with sneaking into an auction house and replacing an item. Yep. Um, that to me is interesting because magic items are a thing. So if somebody has this powerful magic item, yep, that just kind of sits at their waist most of the time or is on 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 show um trying to sneak in replace that for your own benefit and not let anyone so you know what's cool about this is there's a spell just to do this did you know that it's uh, like uh no. the magical aura niatel's niatel's magic aura there's so many spells in this game <laughs> but it's designed to make somebody think something is what it's not specifically giving it magical effects and auras and even changing ones that they do have. So I love the idea of asking, okay, you're, you guys have to acquire this item. It is in a vault, in a venturer's guild, and they're very powerful. If they catch you, you are dunzos. So now you have to not only get in, you have to get out and make sure they don't know that you took what you took. Yep. Because as soon as they do... Oh, your ass is going to be destroyed. Yep. What do you guys think? How would you go about something like that? I do not know. I don't think about heists very often. The only things I know about heists is I've watched a little bit of Ocean's Eleven, and there was a heist episode on Futurama. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a heist episode of Unwritten Morty, which parodied heists. Delcinia says, Conjuration wizards can create simple items that are obviously magical, but will collapse in an hour. A Conjuration wizard working with a penny waiter could give you a 60-minute head start. That's really cool, and I love that that because that um, a criminal background paired up with a wizard is not something we get very often. No, no. So being able to pop stuff in and out and swap it in and out with uh, random equipment and selling that to a a a a merchant that might work in like low level villages, but I feel like in big cities that's kind of been done, so they'd be aware of it. But I feel like you can get a lot of run out of that. Um, Ian, do you want to tell us about? Wor- Were you gonna say something? You know, going with that sending stone thing I mentioned earlier. Artificers, if they have an hour with something, can use the inv- use uh their uh. Infusions to make it something so stones. Okay. Okay. We got about what one hour after the stuff is purchased, the auction house where it's put in the storage room before it's given to the owner. So he get okay. me in there. I like it. I like it. Um, Ian, do you want to tell us about the 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 fourth option in phase one, which is working the mark? Oh yes, working the mark. Working the, the one mark. thing I've noticed is that a lot of these uh, categories do kind of touch on each aspect mm-hmm. of it because if you have to. Uh, do a heist, you might also have to pull off a con job first. Yep. So I can see it working in, like, layers, right? Yep. Now, working the market, basically, you try to compel somebody to do an action in some way, shape, or form. Like, some of the examples given, it was like, okay, we're gonna find this guy, we're gonna check him down, we're gonna try to, uh, compel him to, uh, open the safe. Okay. I open like that. That's safe. a good we example. Got the safe. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's even less, that's a really good straightforward one. Yep. But getting a, a leveraging some sort of juicy goodness to get a specific noble to vote against uh, somebody else when you're trying to get a particular law passed or trying to get a faction to agree with you. Um, I also think that you could um, uh, take the, the work the mark as uh, on the blackmail route, which it mentions here, which I really, really like because nobles are notorious for having skeletons in their closet, right? Oh, yeah. 
So gaining that information might be part of a con job or a heist to gain a document just so you can work that mark to vote the way you want. I love how they all do just kind of mesh together, don't they? What do you think, B? They can for sure. They do. They, they, oh, I'm try, trying to think of uh, working the mark, and that's, uh, yeah, right there. Seducing, seducing someone to get more information. You're coming across this guy, uh, this magical lock yep. changes once every day, and there's only one guy that knows all the all the passwords, so you're going to work the mark, and you're going to get him to tell you what it is, and that's where you're going to pull off your con by switching this stuff off. All right. I see. For the uh, heist. I like that. And that's a few examples. Uh, hey, really? Remember, prepping the caper is all about having a uh, fairly broad in order to drive this forward, um, and gets more nuanced as they go. Yeah. Um, Brandon, you want to tell us about uh, phase two? Phase two, the job is done. No. No, not done. It's on. My glasses are broken, sorry. <laughs> the job is on. In phase two, you jump right into the action. After picking a face, quote-unquote, a player will make an approach roll to determine how smoothly the first steps of the caper went. Mm. Then you'll place a series of complications in their way, which the PCs will nav- navigate through skill checks, combat, yep. and flashback effects. That sounds a lot like a... Skill challenges. Yep. It very much it yep. very much is. Yep. And I do want to make note of the flashback effects. Because yes. they, they borrowed this from the RPG Blades in the Dark, which is a RPG that focused on heists. <laughs> we were at the we were we were online talking about something. He's like, I, I I should really read this, and he holds up the book, and I was like, I'm pretty sure some of the ideas come from that book. It does. Um but you want to expand on that since you have yeah. a little experience with it? <laughs> Basically the junk concept up is like, okay. I'm approaching this uh, obstacle ahead. Here's what I did in the past to overcome the obstacle to set things up in my favor. Like, now, like, uh, for example, it's like, okay, I kept kept watch on, on, the, on the patrols. I know that they always change on every 15-minute mark. I know that gives me a window. Of 15 minutes, so... Yeah. Well, more like uh, 90 seconds where the door's not, not guarded, so that's oh, when I make my move. I like that. I also think uh, that it could work really well with say, with the, the flashback effect of, mm-hmm. all right, you get to the the door or the, the where the guards are at, and you kind of nod to each other and you say, hey, what's going on, Bill? How's the kids? Doing pretty good? <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'm going to see you next week for poker, right? We'll toss the dice, maybe some dragon ant, three dragon, or what is it, six dragon ante or dragon ante? Whatever. I want to play some games, right? And the DM will look at you and says, okay, what happened? Well, actually, um, I met him, you know, uh, 24 hours ago. I made a deal with him. I bribed him a little bit. Here's the gold for that. Uh, he agreed to pretend to be buddies, let us in, slip right through the front door. Nobody would expect it. And all it is is you just deciding what to do at that moment that makes sense for that situation. What about you, B? Let's say that um, confused the hell out of me. Let's say that your job is to steal uh-huh. a cart, and okay. the cart is, that is traveling between point A and point B. Right? Mm-hmm. And is this a math question? No, no, it's not. <laughs> So you guys are on the road. The cart is going to be passing with part of three wagons. How are you going to steal that cart? The cart's pulling up. Yeah. You just... The cart's pulling up? Yeah. What uh, did you plan? Let's see. I, I come up to the driver and say, all right, it, it, I hope you... Uh, yeah, you had a, a good ride so far. We're gonna do our switch. A shift change. We're gonna do our switch up because you know you've, you've had a long day. So here's your horse. Make sure you go and visit your family. Thanks. I'll take over from here. But that doesn't really take care of the other three carts that are surrounding. No, but that's part of it. That might be only phase two, right? Mm-hmm. Phase three is coming up. Oh yeah. Right. So with the uh, the, the 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 there's a couple different um, approaches you can take when you're doing the. Uh, the more face-to-face aspect, right? Picking a face. The player that'll yep. do the discussions. They actually have some uh, things here that actually show, you know, you different modifiers depending on what they're doing. So the if you pick the barbarian as the, the for the hit job, that's going to have um, a different approach than, say, if you pick the um, bard for the hit job. And they kind of give you some guidance to that. 
Okay, so phase three. In phase three, the PCs will finally reach their goal. They'll work together as a team, execute a perfect coordinated plan, like clockwork, and escape with no one the wiser. Hopefully. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the, the getting the score and everything unfolding, there's great ways to do They actually have a caper skill challenge in here, by the way. You guys yep. mentioned that earlier. Um, so now that they've got the score, for me, this is also the opportunity to, to keep, when you're going through this, keeping track of all the skill checks. And this is the opportunity where they can succeed, but at a cost, right? So for me, when you do skill challenges, you can succeed, but still have a complication or a um, a challenge to overcome after the fact, right? Aha, uh-huh. I found out you're planning to assassinate me, so I knew that you knew. <laughs> but I knew that you knew that we would find out, so I knew that. So, <laughs> so what I'm envisioning, let's say your guys' goal is to get into this auction, or get into this vault, steal this magical mirror, right? That's your goal. You guys have stumbled along the way. You've got into the vault. But just previously, um, Brandon failed his stealth check. Fuck me! Um, during the infiltration, he knocked over a vase and unfortunately somebody hurt. So now you've got the item. It's in your hands, but because some, there was a failure along the way, you now have the alarm going up. So now you have a whole new set of challenges to overcome, to escape. Now, when I do skill challenges, if you go ahead, plot twist, Another thief heard about your heist because somebody failed a check earlier, so therefore he thought he would take advantage of it, oh. set up a distraction, so, so, so Brendan would screw up, So he, which would create an opening for him to go in that and, is into the vault. That is totally something Black Cat would do. Yep. I was playing in the Spider-Man games where um, all the bank robbers are going on and stealing stuff, Spider-Man swoops in to kick their butt, and at the last second she helps and then swipes off with what she wanted. So they stop the big thing. But some complication caused him to get. So I like the idea of not a guard being outside there, but a villain holding a big giant horn saying, all right, if you don't give that to me, you're going to be locked in there as they're shutting the vault door. <laughs> oh, maybe. I, I just love this. This is a very short document, but it has got so much goodness in it. Yeah. Um, Garwin says, if you have access to glibness, it might be fun to use, though it might have to be a high level for this. Absolutely. And I think higher levels are actually more challenging because now you have to deal with magical wards and stuff that are definitely present. Um, <laughs> maybe higher in Archmage yep. Castle on you. Nice. Okay. I took some measurements and the vault doors are five feet thick and I'm going to go ahead and cast the blink spell to go, go to astral plane, run forward 10 feet, which will get me to the vault into an open area okay, and blink okay. back in there. That's nice. I like that. Um, so there's a lot you can do with this, right? And once again, it's a small document. I highly recommend picking it up. If you can use our affiliate link, we do get a small kickback when you guys buy from using, if you click on any of our products that takes you there, we get a small kickback. So when you plan to buy from DMs Guild, pick one of our links there. Um, but yes, please (laughs) add this to your, 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 your DM toolkit. Ooh, complication. You guys need a spell scroll to execute the heist, but I due to the this. negotiations, you guys pissed off the arch- Archmage that you were trying to get the scroll from, so he intentionally gave you a bad document so the scroll does not work during the key point during the plan. <laughs> <laughs> All because the the bard did some smack talk or some shit. Why isn't this shit working? <laughs> Give me this. Yep. Yep. It's not real. Get, get, the writing's changing. That's for banging my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that damn bard. <laughs> All right, so I think that'll do it for uh, Here's to Crime, a a guide to capers and heists. Um, Huge kudos to the creator um, of the document, whose name is Jimmy. Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Merritt, well done. Um, You you, you got a buyer in me, obviously, because we're talking about it. The good product, man. Uh, well done. Yep. So, before we move on to our unearthed tips and tricks, I would like to let everyone know that Capes and Crooks, a 5th edition superhero RPG, is going to be available January 15th. Woo! January 15th. On DriveThru and on Crit Academy. I am so excited. <laughs> Um, for this, I cannot tell you, yep. we did launch it on Kickstarter. We didn't quite hit our goal, which meant 
I had a bunch of work to do. Um, I had already put a year plus of work into it, so of course we pushed it. If this is something that excites you and you are interested in the Kickstarter, um, please consider picking it up on day one. It drives it up to the top of the charts so more people will see it. Um, it would mean a lot to us, and I promise it's a lot of fun. At least this guy can attest to it because he got to play. Yeah. And now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearth Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. Alrighty then. Every week we bring you fancy stuff, so let's talk about our character concept, Nanin Fall Pride, a female elf. I thought that said Nene. I was going <laughs> to fucking hate you. Do not start that again. Just watch me whip. Stop it. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, she tends to wear a green tunic over her dusty white colored trousers and shirt. Her skin is fair and her fingers are delicate and long. Her, her dark hair is slicked back into a classic pompadour look. Her eyes, emerald. Personality-wise, she mm. tends to act rather bluntly. She is, however, far more gentle than she would appear. So, ah. Though... Under her gentler side lies a very good compulsive liar and kleptomaniac. That's perfect for our topic today. <laughs> Historically, gifted from a young age, Nanan, God damn it, <laughs> started away from uh, home. After stop it, <laughs> after coming to the age of reason, Nanan took it upon herself to study the contracts and binding magic in its entirety. Because of this, she was labeled a dark omen and banished from her homeland. She routinely visits covens of witches seeking good among the evil, but complains that many are fraudulent <laughs> and lack true knowledge of power. Or power. For her motivation, she seeks to prove that the study of the dark arts aren't what makes someone evil, but the intent of the user and the manipulation of the dark creatures are at fault. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Look what you've done, Brendan. <laughs> so I really like this character because I love the idea of playing like a necromancer or a, a darker character, that a warlock that makes a deal with an uh, abyss creature. Uh, abyssal patron and leveraging that and saying not everyone that touches the darkness is bad nope what do you guys yeah. think about that i like that idea because in dnd everyone assumes that if you touch the darkness you're fucking bad yes that's always the truth but having somebody uh do that like uh andrew says right necromancy is inherently evil in fifth edition i think many of the cure spells are necromancy yes um <laughs> i'll slap you so Get. hard Get. <laughs> Now I'm, now I'm flashing back to one time in Pathfinder where a guy kept on trying to insist on me to inflict wounds on the evil spell because it was necromancy. Right. To which I replied, how is that any more evil than letting somebody on fire with burning hands? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I you. will slap you so hard it'll be like hitting a Mario coin block, alright? Uh, eat my ass. <laughs> uh, Dulcinea, necromancers are just clerics with bad timing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this, straightforward, this is a pretty fun character concept. Uh, I definitely think it would work well with... Uh, dude, can you just imagine having a healer in your party who is like the epitome... Looks exactly like the Grim Reaper. Right? <laughs> Who's that? It's dark and scowling. He's our healer. What? He carries a scythe! <laughs> He's so pale! Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. He's our healer because he decides whether you die or not. <laughs> we must avenge my brother. All right, so uh, that's a pretty straightforward <laughs> character concept that I really enjoy and I think will make for a great PC or NPC. Use it. Enjoy it. You're welcome. All right, next up we got for our master variant, the Mastermind Thief. Starting the origin, you take the uh, stat block for the vampire spawn, and the first features on the, on the chopping block are its various resistances, regeneration, Vampire weaknesses, claws, and the bitey feature. <laughs> I love the chopping block reference. That's awesome. Uh-huh. New features are cutting action. Once on each of its turns, Yeah, the mastermind can use a bonus action to take the dash, disengage, or hide action. We're also going to give it evasion. <laughs> if the mastermind is subjected to an effect that allows it to make a dex saving throw to take only half damage, it instead takes no damage if it succeeds in only half on a fail. Yeah, yeah. And they also gain Master of Tactics. The Mastermind can use the help action as a bonus action. Ooh. 
In addition, when it uses the help action to aid an ally in attacking the creature, the target of that attack can be within 30 feet. He's over there! That's a big deal. You, you think? Yeah. That's why they're the mastermind. They have minions like you do all the work. Sneak attack. <laughs> Once per turn. Uh, the mastermind deals an extra 7, or 2d6, damage when it hits a target with a weapon attack and has advantage on the attack roll. That makes also the help action there. Yep. Or when the target is within <laughs> 5 feet of an ally of the mastermind that isn't incapacitated and the mastermind doesn't have disadvantage on the attack roll. Justin, this creature does a lot of damage. Yeah, it does. <laughs> That's the point. Mm. Um, we're also going to give it a short sword with 1d6 plus 3 piercing. And my personal favorite, we're going to give it the crossbow that the drow uses. Which means when it hits somebody, it poisons them. And if they fail by 5 or more, unconscious. Suck it! Fail what? By the save? Con save, yeah. Yep. They just drop unconscious. Yep. yep. I don't. That's not in a the high bug. enough char- characters, in my opinion. Like yeah. the drow is like a one quarter, one eight, or some bullshit. Yeah. And as a reaction, they gain uncanny dodge. <laughs> when the attacker that the mastermind can see hits from the attack, it can use this reaction to well cut the attack's damage in half. I love it. I love it. What do you guys think? Fun. This to me <laughs> was my idea for the perfect villain. In a guide to a caper or heist. Right? Somebody who manipulates other people and makes them better, but in their own right are still pretty solid. Let's not forget that we did not remove Spider Climb from this creature. Nope. Um, so, as a DM, I would say give them Spider Climbing shoes instead of the mechanic. Um, that way, when the players do win, they get a prize. If they win. Well, if they win. Plus, once again, the idea of fighting a character or an enemy hanging from the ceiling is just too good to pass up. What do you guys think overall? It, it sounds like Catwoman. Yep. <laughs> She's a mastermind thief. Oh. This is the day you should remember when you almost captured Feljard, mastermind thief. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, now I want to give him a, 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 a decoy doppelganger. You should see the artwork for this that I'm releasing to our patrons with the lore and everything. <gasps> it's awesome, she looks badass. Yeah, that looks like a fun All right. like a character concept. Dulcinea. Uh, I played a game with, yep. with a thing. Really uh, nice. So Dulcinea says, I played a game where the necromancer was an arcane detective raising and speaking with the dead to learn what happened when they died to bring their attacker to justice. That sounds so much fun. That is so awesome. I love that. Well done. (laughs) All right. um, Overall, this is a pretty solid character concept. Obviously, it's very much inspired by and has a bunch of the rogue in the the mastermind rogue powers. That's kind of what I was going for. But the drow poison just ah, perfect. (laughs) Brandon, would you like to tell us about our encounter? Our encounter of the podcast is False Defenders. Clovis Whitefoot, a male spy and leader of the White Rabbits Thieves Guild, needs some assistance. Despite being thieves, the White Rabbits aren't too bad. Clovis informs the characters that they mostly repair locks, tools, and other small trinkets, and keep out of dangerous critters, or keep out dangerous critters and bandits out of the small village. Hmm. A character that asks around town and succeeds on a DC-12 intelligence investigation check quickly learns this is to be true from the locals. Now, a new band of defenders has entered the city, claiming to be holy defenders of justice. Now, (laughs) while Clovis and his team aren't perfect law-abiding citizens, they aren't as detestable as the frauds known as the white capes. Sure, in public, they act great and benevolent, but in private, they're dicks, because they take bribes. <laughs> Beat and mystery any who claim has turned into darkness. For anybody that thinks, yes, I and this is totally inspired by the White Cloaks from Wheel of Time. <laughs> Clovis believes that in their headquarters, their leader, a silver-tongued female elf veteran named 
Sorsasta mm. keeps detailed <laughs> records of both their legal and illicit activities locked in a safe. The party must gather evidence and recover the documents to prove they are dangerous to keep in the city. Also, getting rid of Clovis's competition and keeping him and his thieving crew gainfully employed, he sees it as an absolute win. Yep. <laughs> what do you guys think about this? Oh, there's a few fun ways you can uh, go about this. So let, me, let me get this right. You have some bad guys, but not so bad guys, that are already in this town. And some other bad guys, but not so bad guys, come into the town and they're like, no. Oh, no. The other not so bad guys are bad guys. They just pretend to not be bad guys. Okay, I It's a big it's... difference, right? Oh, so it's like the difference right. of having a group of adventurers be thieves. Yep. They're not, they'll do some sketchy stuff, but in the end, they're good. These other people pretend to be good, but are always doing sketchy stuff and bad stuff. And uh-huh. um, because of that, it, it creates this kind of interesting scenario for the players because now they have to make a decision for themselves. Yep. We're not thieves. Well, we are thieves, but that's beside the point. <laughs> We're just dealing with this. <laughs> Th- this one. Okay. <laughs> um. So for this one... Obviously, if you can, use the uh, here's to crime uh, thing to experiment and run this. Because I think that this is a good opportunity to test the moral ambiguity of your players. Because you can really expand upon both of these groups of people, right? Mm-hmm. And while we outright say that the group that Clovis has is good, the White Rabbit, the White Foots, the White Rabbits... Um, you could have a few in there when the players are investigating finding that some of them that are in the white rabbits aren't good the group as a whole is but there might be some sketchy people in there that are uh, really bad and vice versa you might find some of the white cloaks nope capes the white capes uh please don't sue me watch the watch the copyrights <laughs> um may actually be good but the rest of them are really bad so um it really you can really expand upon that with your uh, your your party, and especially having uh, showing the extremes of the two groups is really really good too. I think so. The idea of maybe not the, some of the players not having the skill set necessary to get into the uh, to get in alone to gr- get the evidence that they need. So, do you guys have anything you'd like to add to this? No. All right. Good on them. Storm cloaks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking store cloaks. I'm just telling, just like, if you wear a cape or a cloak, you're bad. <laughs> Why do you think Mr. Incredible doesn't wear one? Never trust a guy in a tunic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Garwin, Garwin says, mine would work with both, but steal and sabotage them and then establish their own thieves guild. You know what? That would be really fun. I think that that would be cool in and of its own uh, self. So, all right. Um... I think that'll do it for our encounter of the podcast. Brandon, would you like to tell us about our magic item? Well, magic item for this week is the Superior Thieves Tools. Wondrous and uncommon. This set of tools includes superior crafting thieving items, a small file, a set of lockpicks, a small mirror mounted on a metal handle for looking around those corners, a set of narrow-bladed scissors, and a pair of pliers are all crafted with excellent precision. This reduces the wear and tear and the likelihood of damaging during use. What? Proficiency. <laughs> what did you say? Proficiency <laughs> with these tools lets you add your proficiency bonus to any ability checks uh, you make to disarm or open locks. The superior craftsman of these tools grants you a plus one bonus to all ability checks that the tools use. But I'm- wait! There's more! Oh my! <laughs> the thieves tools can also be used to imbue a lock or passageway with arcane magic. <gasps> what? Yeah. As an action, you can cast the arcane lock spell from the tools. This feature cannot be used again until next dawn. <laughs> oh, okay. Delcinia's a little dis- disappointed. What? Yeah. No rakes, bump keys, or pressure picks? You can put in it whatever you want. <laughs> so, these tools can, can use the arcane lock spell. Not twice, not three times, but once. <laughs> okay. So this is all going on Billy Mays. I was that. Uh... Oh! <laughs> I was just like, wait, did I do something wrong? 
So, uh, so yes, uh, I've done this once before where I made superior versions of another um, toolkit. And this is my attempt at Thieves' Tools. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? The Arcane uh, Lock spells is uh, kind of awesome. So I have yeah. no idea what the Arcane Lock spell says. Basically, you lock anything that opens or closes magically, and the DC to break this thing is 25. That's a very high DC. Yes, it is. <laughs> but it's a, but this is, once again, it, it's, I wanted magical tools, okay? <laughs> because there's no magical tools. Like, I don't know. It just is uh, something that I thought was fun. And ooh, uh, Andrew says, oh, I want those tools. Well, if you head on over to CritAcademy.com slash blog, you can find this episode's show notes and get the text for yourself. Copy and paste that biatch. Or you can pick up one of our Honor Tips and Tricks magazines because this will be in next month. I was actually a little disappointed because when he started going on the rant, it's like, oh, you want these tools? Well, you can go to CreditCanby.com. I was like, we sell shit like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. oh, man. I don't have no skills oh, to do new, that. New set of lock <laughs> yeah. picks. That'd be fun. Uh, uh, oh, also, don't, well, get, don't get too disappointed with the Decker Kane. I did a good job. You do, a, you do a Russian accent like none other. I can't do that at all. <laughs> Every time you do I go... I just want to know. It was good. It was just quiet. My Decker Cane may not be that good. Decker Cane. Whatever. Decker Cane. Decker Cane. But it's the effort that counts. Yes, it is. Dalcinia says, I'd love it when my rogue player would literally backstab a bitch to get it. I don't know what it says. It's blocked out. Well, it makes nice, makes most sense. I love it when my rogue player would literally backstab a bitch to get it. <laughs> Stealing it from another rogue. All right. Uh, this is pretty straightforward. Um, if you really like this, make sure to let <laughs> me know uh, inside the comments, and I'll try to make a, a superior and master crafts of all of the tools, uh, assuming uh, anybody even wants that. So, and Brandon, would you like to tell us about our Dungeon Master Yes! Tip? Yes! A Dungeon Master Tip. All part of the plan. This is another reference to the whole capes and stuff that we're doing. Uh-huh. Uh, cards. Hmm. Characters in the world of D&D are not reflective of their players. Okay. You yep. sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they're, they're players' inhibitions. <laughs> a great example of this is a player who creates a high-intelligence character such as a wizard, <laughs> saying that the player is opposite because they're fucking stupid. <laughs> because of this, there should be times where a genius-level creature... Or a seedy rogue may have put plans into action ahead of a complex plan. This is a purely, this is purely uh, from a narrative perspective. Now keep in mind, no matter how high your wizard's intelligence is, he's only as smart as the player playing him. That's why I think this tip is necessary because <laughs> I'm this player. I love playing wizards and I love playing barbarian. I can play a stupid barbarian all day. I cannot play a smart wizard. Um, so I think adding the all part of the plan cards is a great way to include this in your games. Um, when the characters come across a challenge, a card can be played to help them overcome a particular challenge with an auto success. Of course, you only give out one of these to each player. And I would recommend making sure that that player's has a certain, maybe like, uh, um, stat requirement if you want but think of it as an old get out of free jail card from monopoly you know what i mean um these are dealt out freely but you only get one and once again it's meant for characters that are very intelligent okay let's talk about a few examples i know i know a guy this guy's very simple an ally of the character likely off screen made an agreement with a character to help in case they ended up in this sticky situation a sticky situation kind of like this one. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, wrong place, right time. <laughs> this card allows the characters to easily escape an encounter that would likely reveal them. Ooh. A common example would be running into patrols, and it turns out one is an old friend and safely allows you to escape notice. Um, how about another one? Like Just a... what I needed. <laughs> a character. Uh, the characters are caught in a situation... Whether it's forethought or a complete happenstance, they have exactly what they need to overcome the challenge. Okay, Batman. <laughs> that little belt holds everything. <laughs> I'm Batman. You need some plutonium? <laughs> I got it. 
Delcinia is pointing out this is like the I know a guy UTT you guys once did. Yes. Um, it's very similar. I think that was a, a, a player tip for rogues, maybe. I don't remember, but... And part uh, of the criminal background. Yeah, and this one is something that you can give to any creature of high intelligence or somebody that might have... Criminal Contacts is a great example of this, right? Um, I would even give that player, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, what do you guys think about this? Handy. And can speed things along when you're stuck. Yeah. That's what I was doing. And, and that's... And because, let's be honest, it's... It can be very challenging to play a highly intelligent character. I know I can't do it very well because I'm not highly intelligent. So um, having a, a, a feature or an optional feature that does that is certainly um, really good. <laughs> I tried to do that. Yep. He was playing an average character, but he's fairly intelligent. But it's really funny what happened. I brought up a little little puzzle, and it's a, it's a chess puzzle. It was, mm-hmm. it was white to move, checkmate in two moves. And he's like. Man, I can't remember how to fucking play chess. Can I just do an intelligence roll? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I guess you can. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you figure it out. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's exactly what you should allow. Uh, Andrew says that could be a good way to use the inspiration. Allow someone to use the inspiration to auto-succeed on a skill um, that they are both proficient with and have stats for. Um, I think that that's a really great idea. Instead of giving them cards, maybe that's a new utility for inspiration points. Yep. So... All right, I think that'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't be a dick! And if you want to avoid dickitude, or in some cases, cause it. (laughs) (laughs) Money illusion! Sometimes, better than disengage. Oh, God, yes. Wait, what? When you look at this shit, most players hate to feel like they're wasting their action when it comes to taking the disengage action to retreat. But what if I told you there's a better way? Well, if you can cast Minor Illusion Cantrip, at least there is. While Disengage allows you to avoid opportunity attacks, the enemy can still see where you're moving to. With Minor Illusion, you can create a barrier of your chosen type, then retreat. Now, if you don't know, and I just found this out, Opportunity attacks require that the enemy be able to see the target to make the attack. On top of that, the illusionary wall will block line a sight, allowing them to duck for cover. Additionally, it is very possible that the wall will force a loss of movement um, for the enemy because they might have to walk. They might try to walk around it or waste an action confirming it's an illusion. Yeah. Either way, my illusion. Is better than disengage. Yes. Way to take advantage of the fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to uh, be a douche. Okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yes, I think this is awesome. And now every single one of my characters are going to be an elf so I can get minor illusion free. <laughs> what? Unless I'm a, a rogue, of course, you know, because you can disengage as a bonus action. But this for spellcasters is amazing. Because not only are you providing cover from ranged attacks, that person can't see where you go. You can duck away from them and all avoiding attacks. You're welcome. Do you guys got anything to add to that? Like, obviously, you look stunned over here. I'm not, I'm not stunned. It's just... It defeats the purpose of what the player tip is supposed to be. What, don't be a dick? Yeah. A lot of them are. <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess that's, that's true. <laughs> Originally, it started off as clean shit up and take notes and show up on time. Now it's devolved into whatever shit I can find. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's a uh, player role play. Sometimes it's mechanics like this. Yep. I'm going to be honest. This is awesome. Yeah, and I'm going to... Oh, by the way, if you happen to have minor illusion, this is going to be perfect for our Clash of Classes episode that's coming up on Thursday. Oh, don't be giving away hints to the players. Yeah, dick. <laughs> it's a that's competition. what my show's about! <laughs> it's a competition between them. Well, now the one person's they, gonna have a, a they don't, leg They're up. not supposed to have a coach in their corner. I'm like, come on, you got that minor illusion. Get in there. Get that fucking <laughs> wizard. You know it's gonna come up, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, though. There are times where that's kind of hard to do when I'm repping. Okay! Are you using this feature? It's some, sometimes I kind of have to ask sometimes yeah. just for clarification. Well, if you guys watch it on TikTok, Thursday the 13th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube, we're going to be doing a Clash of Clans. Clash of Classes. Clash of Classes. Did I say Clans? Are you yes. Sued? No, that's your fault. Because <laughs> it's not you can't my fault. You can call me. Yeah, it's kind of a ripoff from Clash of Clans. No, Clash of Classes. 
We're going to have a Circle of the Moon Druid versus the Wizard Bladeslinger. Bladesinger. Singer. They don't sling the blade, though. That's an awesome character concept. Yeah. All right. So, how about we uh, close this up? We're super excited for Clash of Classes. Hopefully, you'll come out. The first one blew us away. The the audience response was awesome. We're super excited. Um, Hopefully, you'll come and join us. We've got some good surprises. All right. With that, that'll do it for our player tip. Don't Don't be a dick. dick. Or be a dick. (laughs) And you cannot avoid dickitude by making things just more obnoxious for your DM. All right. Before we close out today, uh, we have our weekly giveaway. Brandon, would you like to tell us about it? Uh, RPG Fat Loot Giveaway. The Grandmother Tree by Purple Bog Press. Cookie Swarms. Bubble Traps. A three-story tree house. That sounds fun. That does. <laughs> a grandmother tree is a whimsical adventure about friendship aimed at the elementary kids and kids at heart who love the problem-solving and adventuring part of playing Dungeons and Dragons and enjoy resolving encounters with less combat. Yeah. See, you don't gotta stab everyone. Bust out that minor illusion and run away. <laughs> you don't have to stab everyone. Yeah, but that's also part of the fun sometimes. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, who's our winner today, Ian? Our winner today is Mechnarf. <laughs> that sounds like an evil villain. I just, thought, I just thought Snarf. Snarf. <laughs> Mechnarf. <laughs> If you didn't win, no problem. You can head on over to CritAcademy.com and subscribe to our newsletter for a chance to win. Um, I, I Honestly, if you're not signed up, you really need to be. Uh, we've been giving away some free fat loots uh, in our newsletter, so please consider checking it out and keeping up to date. If you're not uh, following us right now, please hit that subscribe. Share this episode with your friends. Help the internet's algorithm tell everyone how great we are <laughs> wait for you to be like if you're not following us right now what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> i mean clearly they're watching a show so those already watching it already follow us but are they subscribed touche all right if you enjoy the show and you'd like to support us head on over to academy.com we've got all kinds of fat loot you can buy there's some free stuff too we give away lots of good stuff we want to fill your hoard with D. yep did i miss anything no more than usual Oh, God, I hate you sometimes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's close out then. I am your host, Justin. I'm your host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. God, I sound like a Saturday morning cartoon.